It is good to have your company on this Tuesday. It's also good to have the company of Mark Stevens, who is building up to football. We're not far away now, Steve. I mean, every day there seems to be a bit more news which is coming out. It's starting to heat right up. Yeah, really starting to warm up now. Always after the tennis, it kicks on, and this week it's gone to another level. We had a bit of a scoop this morning on, on Breakfast with Half. Uh, Tony Cochran. Mm. Now, be the most outspoken person in footy. Maybe David Kosh is up there, but Cochrane, yeah. he really rubbed the AFL up along, you know, the wrong way a lot of the time. So he's been uh, chairman of the Suns for almost eight years. Uh, my mail is that the Suns about to set on Tony, and uh, so he's been pushed. Um, I, he will step aside, but maybe with a bit of a tap. I think it'll be quite calm, mm. but. Um, Look, he's had a good run at it, Tony. So I think by the end of uh, next month or within a month, the Suns are likely to have a new chairman. Bob East is the deputy at the moment and another director, Paul Scurra, who I doubt they'll be as colourful as Tony Cochran because he almost felt like the owner of the Suns oh, for a lot of the time. And, and he, he's been strong on, say, Tasmania, saying he didn't want a Tassie team in, uh, been strong on a whole heap of issues and very harsh on on his own team at times with some colourful language. So he's the last of the real outspoken uh, chairman in, in footy. So, of course, he's still in the chair now, but certainly strong mail today that uh, his time is uh, just coming to an end. I think he's been good and bad for the Suns, if that makes sense. He's put them on the map, but at times he's gone a little bit too far in, in what he's had to say. But uh, most presidents or chairmen now fall into line. Um, we don't have too many renegades. Who's the biggest renegade in racing? Who's the Tony Cochran that is prepared Ooh. to rail against the authorities? Well, I mean, Wayne Hawkes is never afraid to speak his mind. Um, usually a lot of it's off the cuff, <laughs> but he has yeah. a crack. Um, from a race club administrator point of view, I don't know if there's really any renegades. I, Michael Brown's very open and honest, and he's very happy to have an opinion that could be contrary to what... Um, head office might have to say City Hall so uh, he's always been very good to deal with and you know where you stand he's not one of those that likes to speak in cliches which I think racing needs more of have a point and back it up yes um, look I think it's um, Peter Valandis is obviously the, the, he, he's the in, in racing around Australia he's yeah. the one that wields the most power and will um, have the biggest say on anything yeah, well, Tony Cochran, although course, he's barred yeah. us because he doesn't like us right okay. he won't come on air no Right. We're Victorians. Is it something Matty Stewart did? Or? Won't speak to Victorians. We've got an agenda. Okay. <laughs> He's been good for racing, though. Oh, I don't know. It depends. He's put him on the map. He's put He's racing put him on, on the map. map. I don't He's know whether he has been map. good for racing as well, a whole. He's similar to Tony He's been, Corcoran. Good and what, bad, not much what, in between. Been, He's been undoubtedly good for racing New South Wales, which is his job. Yep. Whether he's been good for racing as a whole, eh, that's a moot point. Yeah, so... Pe- Peter Moody SMS coming through. Of course, why didn't I think of Moods? Peter Moody. Yes. He'll call a spade a spade and he'll call everything else a bastard. So Yeah, <laughs> he did some Moody. interesting text messages as well, doesn't he, at times? So. Yeah, he certainly does. But... Um, yeah, it's Tony Cochran. It's a significant figure at the Suns. You might think, oh, it's just a, a chairman and a head, but he's a different type of character. So uh, really powerful man. He is the Suns. So we just wait and see what the next step Anyone is there. Anyone in line to take over? Do they need a big name? No, they'll be low-key names. As yeah. I mentioned a couple there, Bobby East yep. and Paul Scarra. So I think you'll find there won't be another Tony Cochran. I okay. think the AFL will be quite relieved 
with that in, in that manner. But uh, some sad news and disturbing news, and we're fingers crossed for Michael Roach, Absolutely. Disco. Like, you're a Richmond man, and he... Oh, he's a Growing legend. up, he, he is a legend. People just love the disco. He used to take Mark of the Year every year, stand on people's yeah. shoulders, late 70s, early 80s. So he's had major heart surgery after a heart incident uh, last week. So he had a stent in, then a triple bypass, uh, still in hospital. Is getting better, but uh, our thoughts with uh, disco. And, and a ripping bloke. I remember meeting him down at the Launceston Cup a few years ago and, and having a couple of beers with him. And he's just a really, really nice guy. So, uh, yeah, fingers crossed for Michael Roach that he can get back um, and get over this heart scare because he is a legend of the club. And those old-style full forwards that we had that wonderful era of Lockett, Dunstall uh, and the like, uh, Roach was just before that. Mm. We, we'll never see them again because the game's changed so much. No, he yeah, he wasn't the most physical type of player, but in those days it was one-on-one. Yeah. You'd just sit on people's heads. You had space to lead into. These days he'd be triple teamed and the ball would be kicked to the top of the square and he'd find it pretty tough. But, no uh, he'd that. still find a way because uh, he was just a legend. But obviously, uh, fingers crossed for him. Christian Salem's an interesting one at uh, Melbourne. Just a gun halfback uh, premiership player. He's got a thyroid issue. Uh, he's had this. This is the third time. Last time he had this, he missed four months of footy. So it's bigger than Actually, a... that's not good at all. So it's a, a persistent How's... type. Um, it controls body temperature, heart rate, blood pressure. You can lose weight once your thyroid uh, goes out of whack. You can drop some weight. So, uh, how's Maxi Gorn going? Yeah, he's back flying. He'll play round one. He'll play round one. Okay, all good to go. Jeremy Cameron might be in doubt for round one. Baby Jew. Ah, always a good story, isn't it? But you know what ends round, up happening? Round He'll one. He'll end up playing. Yeah. But but very rare <laughs> you, that a baby finish comes. You, you would have bang done on that. The, in my day. It was different. I would think. you would you have missed the birth of one of your childs uh, to broadcast an exclusive? No. <laughs> Maybe to play in an AFL grand final. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you probably would, wouldn't you? No, you would, I think. To play in an AFL grand final? Yeah. Yeah, I think you could make alternate arrangements yeah. to bring it oh, forward tough. or afterwards. I applaud the players. A grand now. final, yeah. yeah. A, a home and away, no. Yeah. Grand final, yeah. Yeah. So what you'd a, miss a grand final? No, I'd play. Okay. Yeah. I think there's what would you do, Mikey? Oh, I definitely play. I've thought about this many times because I always thought I was going to be a like an NBA superstar, and I thought about it if I was going to play a championship game. That <laughs> old uh, go and play the game. Does Mrs. Mike, Mikey know that? Her name is Katie, Mrs. Ailing or Miss Ailing. Uh, she knows that. Okay. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I didn't have to make. But I'm decision. not a superstar, so it's fine. But I think there'd be some <laughs> journos that would take the exclusive in the minute thirty of airtime. I know a couple. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. Uh, what else is bubbling along? Anything else in the world of footy? Well, Brendan McCartney's back at uh, obviously been a lot of clubs. Geelong, Essendon, Bulldogs he was coach at. Uh, North Ballarat at the moment It's an external consultant at Collingwood. So he's now got a new Collingwood polo and cap. So he's had a lot of clubs, more clubs than Greg Norman. There you go. But he's a highly rated man, hard at it, old-fashioned type of footy head who just is an overseeing role at Collingwood. And they're not doing a lot wrong down at the Magpies, so you'd have to back him in to do a good job there. Matty Stewart's going to join us just briefly here because uh, I'm fascinated to get his take off the back of what Matty Welsh had to say. And you've been an AFL person, Steve, not necessarily embedded and entrenched in, in racing. Uh, did you agree with some of the comments that Matt Welsh had to say that basically people's focus outside of the racing bubble that we live in turned to racing on Melbourne Cup Week, from Melbourne Cup Week, and they want to try and in 
I suppose, elongate or continue that engagement after Melbourne Cup week. So that's one of the assertions that we'll stretch it out and we'll put a cox plate after Melbourne Cup week because people, a lot of people only focus on racing that Melbourne Cup week. We want to carry that through. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm outside the bubble totally. I'm not... I, but I'm learning a lot more about racing being in here and listening to Maddie Stewart every day, obviously, and yourself. I'm quite embedded in it now. Um, but I think look, that's underrating the Caulfield Cup, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 I think the spring starts as soon as the, the footy's finished. Yeah. The, the, the racing, the focus starts. So my mindset is it's a month earlier than the Melbourne Cup. Yep. Maddie Stewart, welcome. Yeah, I, that, that line that Matt said about oh, other sports have been innovative as well, footy, cricket. Well, but this level of innovation, in inverted commas, if in, in the, if you were to compare what you could do, it would be like saying, let's move the Boxing Day test at the MCG. Let's move the grand final from the last Saturday in September. The, the AFL and cricket have tinkered, but they've never adjusted the, the pillars. They've never adjusted the pillars. And this is a central pillar of the Cox. A hundred years so, of history. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think there's a bit of a dismissiveness of history. I'm not saying necessarily with Matt or, or Race of Victoria, but I, I've, I just don't. I, I just don't think you can take it for granted what it actually means. It means the the the, the partially engaged, like the people who I, I know. So many of my friends, family, my sister, who's a doctor, for instance, she'll go to the Cox Plate because she's not in the racing thing at all. She's a million miles away from it. But those people that they want to, in, they think the new people they think they can engage off the back of the Melbourne Cup and then back into November, those occasionals are engaged with the current system. They are engaged with the Melbourne Cup. They, there is no guarantee that off the back of going to this one-off event like the Melbourne Cup, which is like the Grand Prix to them, that if they put on a car race two weeks after the Grand Prix, I'm not going to give a stuff about it. You know, so I think they're underestimating the one-off effect of, of Cup Week as the as the tap-in for those. And then you parlay down to the Cox Plate and that for a little bit less engagement, but still more than the racing engagement, the Stevo engagement, for instance. So I just think that, and as Matt said, he said there is risk and there is an element of gamble. But I don't understand why. I, I, I've always maintained, oh, well, not always, I sound like a preacher, but that racing has issues. Racing definitely has issues. One of them is affordability of going. One of them is community engagement. I think the more we talk about wagering, the less we talk about actual engagement. And to me, a lot of that comes through the country. And I think they're taking the country very lightly for engagement. When he says catchphrases like engagement and and so on, um, I think they are not understanding the subtle engagement you get through these growing country cups in growth areas like the city of Casey and the picnics and so on. That's not necessarily reflected in wagering spikes, but it's not measured by that. It, you get the benefit of that 20 years down the track when, sure enough, a lot of these people then parlay into that sort of engagement that they want. I know they're petrified about the wagering licence. They, they are thinking wagering because they think there might be a black hole looming, but I don't know. I, I, I You know, and then when they say we've... Um, engaged widely but then they talk about engaging with the stakeholders well that's not wider engagement that's not engaging with the community and well that that's an aspect that matt admitted to like they've they've obviously spoken to the broadcasters which would be channel seven and channel seven as i said would be rubbing their hands together because it gives them longer saturday afternoon content longer money that they can get off the corporate bookmakers for advertising, more days of advertising. It comes down to dollars. And it also comes down to if you can elongate and stretch out the better racing from a Channel 
10, uh, Channel 7 um, television perspective. That's great for them from a potential revenue point of view. And again, with the wagering um, um, operators, well, of course they're going to want that because yeah. you're going to stretch out premium racing over a longer period. They can make more money. But Matt admitted that you can't get a definitive, tangible um, response or projection of how the the public will engage with it and will they be more engaged with so it so why are you risking it given that there is as ma- there's maximum measurable engagement as it is where it is all the KPIs stack up you couldn't have fitted one more person in Mooney Valley on Cox Plate day this year last year um, all the KPIs are huge why would you risk that to take a gamble that you may may at best replicate it 3 weeks later and then there's you know, the stuff about some things you say stretch out then the wagering providers will like it and Channel 7 will like it, but some things aren't stretchable like that. Like horse racing, I, I totally disagree with Matt when he says, oh, our level of engagement with the trainers suggests they can adapt or there's an increasing appetite. Well, I strongly disagree because you and I um, talk engage regularly with all the trainers and I've seen nothing but scepticism from almost all of them or a complete push against and a, a vague curiosity from a small handful of them. Oh, so, I think the, the, the autumn carnival is going to be more of a obstacle than the realignment of, of what they are projecting for the spring carnival because there are... Uh, patterns and ways you can manoeuvre through the spring carnival. I think some races will be diminished and others you can get the carnival through. Traditional pathways, maybe not the way that they were, but different pathways. But getting these good horses to come back and and ready to run in a... Well, C4 probably won't be there, but it'll be a week later and get them ready to run in All-Star Miles Australian Cups. Um, I, I don't know whether that time span would be there to get them... At their peak. So if it's a risk, why take it against what's not risky and is proven? Well, I, so- I think at the end of the day, this is all coming down to dollars and cents. At the end of the day, it's coming down to revenue, which funds racing, revenue, which funds prize money. And they're hoping that they can engage newer um, viewers as well because they're saying the rusted-ons will stay. If we try something new, maybe we can pick up some new people along the way. But did you not get, and I got, the impression, speaking to Matt, which is following on from maybe the article that um, Paul Tatnell wrote, is maybe there's been a, a softening or or a wavering because of the current landscape, the waging um, licence, which is yet to be determined, the economical um, pressures on, on society, interest rate rises, inflation, that maybe they go, well, maybe this big change isn't the right time Sounds to like have this Sounds like it might be a gamble. 2024 mission rather than a 2023. Eat but... your way into it slowly. A few changes now and maybe if that goes well, we can look at maybe making the big Cox Plate change a year after. Well, I still think um, the, the risk-reward argument, I, we've identified so many risks that are unanswerable and there's no... against... A, a, one of the strongest pillars and most successful things of racing. If these guys want to go and start doing things that improve it, work on community engagement, work on uh, cost affordability, work on maybe RV compensating the clubs and bringing down the price of beer and sandwiches and all those sorts of things. But it, it's, it, it's just the old thing. If it's not broke, don't try and fix it. Fix things that are broken, you know. Uh, I, I, I just strongly, I think it's a really stupid idea, and I've said that from the start. It's tough. Rhythm is my key word. Once you mess with the rhythm of something, 
you can lose it completely. I think the rhythm's pretty good. But what I will say is, is there a fans association, AFL fans association has a loud voice now in footy. Is there something similar in racing? The real racing people, people who go to the racing. All we have is the SMS machine. And how's that going, Michael? Uh, it would be 85-15 in favour of keeping the status quo. And and people but the, are well Michael considered. Brown did say, yeah. and he did say in here, that they will canvass the thoughts of the Mooney Valley members. Now, I don't know how far down the track that has actually got, but they said that, that he said that we will ask the Mooney Valley members on what they would like to see but occur. To me, it, the risk here is that you may wreck something. It's not that you might not replicate it. You take the Cox Plate out. You talk about rhythm, steve So the rhythm, Caulfield mm. Cup... Then I said, oh, Cox Plate Day, oh, we don't have it anymore. We've got a Mooney Valley Cup, which no one will care about. We've got a sprint race. All of a sudden, Volandis might whack on an $8 million wait for age race with no vet checks for internationals. Then suddenly Melbourne loses all that. Isn't that a, a huge risk that will damage the Cox Plate and damage the Spring Carnival? Well, this uh, vague uh, guess what, that, oh, we hope that new people will come along. Well, well, Matt, they, they admit they have no evidence of that. They Matt, had, you know. Matt Welsh did agree. He said, look, there are risks, but they have assessed it and said, we believe that it is worth taking that risk to see what we could get on the other side. <laughs> okay. But as he also said, he said, there has been no finality on this matter. These are the changes that they are putting forward a number of it seems to me like there's a number of staggered changes from moving one or two races. There's, he did admit there's going to be a couple of new pop-up races. He wouldn't give us any more information on that, but wow. work out what they will be um, all the way to the full change. I, right. I don't think it'll be the full sweeping right. change. It'll be somewhere in the middle. By the so if the Cox Plate the way is it's moved... Going. Uh... I don't think the Cox Plate... I'm now... I could be wrong. I'm now... This is just a gut feel after talking to Matt and, and listening... I would be surprised if the Cox Plate is moved this year. Maybe it's something that would be moved in the future. Okay, if but it at was the moved, moment, I would say there will be other changes and not the huge if, seismic change. If it moved in 2024 and the whole caravan didn't come along with it and the autumn basically stayed the same because it has to, you can't change the calendar as such, do you think it would be a good idea, a risky idea, a stupid idea? What do you think? Risky would, idea? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't say... Stupid, because you never know how things are going to play out. But it is—it would be a calculated risk. Mm. Well, okay, and it would be risk and reward. Would what? And, what would be greater? Would the turnover and the increased funding that they get out of it? No, maybe, but hang on. But, but there's but 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 what increased turnover and extra? No, but money? this is what they this is what they are projecting would occur. So you're not going. You're never going to know unless you actually. Try it now. Do they want to take the risk of trying something? I'm like saying you'd, you'd run. You'd, 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 you'd may as well run um, the Royal Ascot in the first week of July because you never know it might work. Well, they have obviously done projections that they think. I'm, I'm talking from their perspective. This is what they are. are saying. Um, so I'm playing devil's advocate. This Not is really. what they are saying. No, I'm. I'm. To be honest, I'm. I'm more against than for. Mm. But I'm not as as black and white as you. I mm. can see why they want to. Think of these changes, and I think it'll it'll fall somewhere in the middle. Is where I think it will fall. Um, but the well, engagement is the one that I can't get my head around. I don't know how you're going to get more new people by pushing a feature race back one month. No, people I, know the Cox Plate now. Hmm. I don't know whether some people will say, "Chish, I've never heard of that race after yeah. Melbourne Cup," and no. go, "I'm going to tune in for that." 
Well, anyway, we're all going to know by the end of February, and we are now in the 7th of February, so within three weeks' time, we're going to have a little bit laid on the table. And look, I, I underst- what I do understand is that they, they have to always be thinking and be thinking creatively, and Matt's a smart guy, Andrew Jones is a smart guy. I understand their urge to, to look at what we've got and wonder if there are ways that it can be improved. I fully understand that, so I can understand the sort of like the psychology of it from their point of view, but I would suggest to them, look elsewhere. If you want to fix racing's problems, don't look at this. Look at some more complicated things like engagement, cost, uh, all those basics that I think racing's really struggling with, and the and the issue of um, how we deal with this increasing push against uh, the gambling And issue. it'll be interesting because we will get to ask these questions to world racing leaders, plus Brian Kruger, who's been pretty silent publicly on this, the chairman of Racing Victoria, next week when we're at the yep. Asian Racing uh, Conference. That'll be a good opportunity to flush uh, it out. steve thank you. Maddie, thank you. I'm going to leave you with two SMSs, which basically sums up Racing Pulse and Maddie Stewart. Uh, I usually get sick of Maddie and his self-righteous waffling, but I couldn't agree more with everything he's saying about the Cox Plate. You don't toy around with the pillar of racing. It is sacred. And then this one, get Stewart off my radio, you <laughs> negative so-and-so. Any danger of being positive, you're hurting. Yeah, I'm being positive ears. about protecting the Cox Plate, isn't it? But isn't that positive? Uh, and the ones, the ones I hate are, uh, oh, you know, you got to, you got to uh, innovate to move on and all that sort of stuff. There's no point withering on the vine. Well, okay. Uh, we'll see you soon on the big right. V. Thank you, Steve O.